Four Against the Void is over, but you can commemorate the trials and triumphs of the Torkoal Tones with the Critical Hit Season 1 Limited Edition t-shirt. This classy red armor slot item features the likenesses of Orem, Randus, Torque, and Smith. The Season 1 shirt is perfect for a night on the town, gaming with friends, or facing down aberrant polydimensional god beings. Funnel cakes and healing potions are not included. Major spoilers, not responsible for excessive levels of awesome. This is your chance to own a piece of critical hit history, because once these shirts are gone, they're gone for good. That's right. You need to order your shirt by December 15th, 2010. Order it today and make each of your rolls a critical hit. Head over to the Major Spoilers store, majorspoilers.com slash store. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod- pod- podcast... Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the weekend edition of the Major Spoilers podcast. So glad that you could join us once again. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. We are not in the office, and if you're not, it's not our fault. Ha ha ha! Matthew, you wanted to pick a topic this week. Pick a topic, any topic. I had a topic, and then I lost my topic, and then I found a topic, and I didn't like the topic, and I think okay. that we, the three of us, mm-hmm. you, Rodrigo, and I, a, a trinity, much like Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, or Cyclops, Professor X, and Phoenix, or uh, Reed Richards, the Thing, and the Invisible Woman, I think that we should discuss the first thing that pops into our head. Go! So, uh, the big question this week over on the, uh, on the Twitter feed has to do with who would win in a fight. Would it be... Oh, now I lost it here. Where'd it go? Would it be... I think of the Punisher... The three of us, Rodrigo, is the youngest and the strongest. Would it be, oh, here it is. Who would win in a fight? Red Sun Superman or Tim Burton's electric version that we never saw on the big screen? Hmm. Rodrigo, go. Um, I'm pretty sure Red Sun Superman would pretty much wipe the floor. Matthew, go. Superman under a red sun doesn't have any powers. No, not under a red sun. Superman Red Sun. Uh, red S-O-N. Oh, communist Superman? Yes, yeah. Kami, Kami Soup's. Or Tim Burton's Electric Boogaloo Soups. Oh, marks my words, it'd be Kami Superman. What would happen if Torque ever met his long-lost twin brother? Bork? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. I may not know much, but I know Bork can hurt you. Somebody wants to know if one of your other hidden Easter eggs is calling your dog Fluffy... After, what was it, Rodrigo? The Harry Potter. The Harry Potter um, Hagrid thing. (laughs) That's a good one. I hadn't thought of that. But no, that one's not intentional. There is a dog-related Easter egg, however. 
What? I thought those came the, from bunnies. The the dog has had like four different names, possibly more over the course. Yes. I'm pretty sure that most of them are you could call Easter eggs just because they tend to be references to something. Mm-hmm. Fuzzy Lumpkins being one of there them. There was there was an intentional when I when I named Torque Halston Thorkelson, the intention was for the four people who knew that Peter Torque's real name was Peter Halston Thorkelson to get it. And those four people could go, haha, look how clever I am. There was a moment dog related to that that wasn't just a reference. So if anybody picks it up, obviously, you know, I'll be like, haha, yes, you are the smart one. Smarter even than Rodrigo, who does not get it. Haha. I sure don't. <laughs> Do you care? I sure don't. How come? Uh, well, you know, Matthew's got his uh, his references, and I can't I can't get every reference that Matthew makes. That's exhausting. Right. I mean, he's a reference machine. He's he's like a four hundred four error. Actually, all you need to do is listen to everything George Carlin <laughs> has done, everything the Blues Brothers have done, and everything the Little Rascals have done. And then you understand Matthew. Um, but uh, we're talking about <laughs> no, a full no, week of you'd text also need <laughs> to get through. And you'd plus, also need Eddie Izzard and most of the works of Alan Moore and, you know, yeah, a exactly. great deal of pornography. Really? Shocking. And I do not go back before 1990 for my porn, so... <laughs> Believe me, going back... out of the way. You're right about going back you, before 1998 oh, no, no, no. Two words, is too much. Tori Wells, my friend. If you are missing Tori Wells, you are missing out on a treat. Mm, not really. Let's not look up porn now. Shut your hole, Schleicher. You too don't late. know. There's too a difference late. between Tori Wells and Tori Weigel. Let's just put it that way. Tori Wells was okay. I liked her in Night Trips. Terry and Weigel. And, and, uh, Terry Weigel. And, uh, and, uh, and Night Trips, too. But really, yeah. Working on my night trips. Working on my night moves. Yeah. Christy Canyon is also very impressive. <laughs> and now we're talking about porn. <laughs> Matthew didn't We've say anything. We've been talking about porn first. for months. Yes. Um, <coughs> another question. Who is your favorite Flash villain? Um, Rodrigo, do you have a favorite Flash villain? Yes, I do. Who be that? Gorilla Grodd. Gorilla Grodd. How come? Yes, because he is an awesome gorilla. Because he's a monkey that talks. Yeah, he's a gorilla that talks. He's really strong, sometimes uh, usually very smart, sometimes psychic, although sometimes they downplay that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what could be better than that? I-, I like it because no Flash villain should ever be able to beat the Flash, just because they're all kind of lame. And, you know, they've played in, they've certainly, within the past five years of the Flash, they've really played that up and made it more interesting. But I think... Somebody who's psychic has a much better chance against the Flash because presumably they could, you know, attack him without being right next to him and getting punched in the face 3,000 times per second. Um, so it always made a little bit more sense when Gorilla Grodd gets the upper hand than when, say, the Captain Cold or Captain Boomerang or Captain EO or Captain Planet. <laughs> Don't forget Captain Kangaroo. Right. <laughs> or or howdy doody <laughs> when any of those guys get the upper hand on the flash punch. it doesn't make sense <laughs> matthew do you have a favorite flash villain i do but you have to keep in mind that this is only good up to 1986 is that when you stopped reading uh, but my favorite flash villain historically 
has always been Yobard Thawn the Reverse Flash. Right. Up till the Flash killed him, and the events that came immediately after that. Actually, up to the return of Barry Allen arc in uh, Mark Wade's run on Wally West's Flash. Mm-hmm. From then forward, I cannot stand the character. But back in the day, Reverse Flash was pretty impressive to behold. I uh, I jokingly said the turtle. Because it's totally the opposite of... Right, right. Hey, the turtle didn't suck. The Flash. A turtle man or whatever he's called. Um, there were two different villains. The turtle fought Barry. Mm-hmm. Turtle man fought Jay. Okay. Well, do you have, I mean, of all the Flash, I mean, there's a lot of characters that have had the speed force. Right. Is there a character that you like more than another? I mean, basically, for a lot of people, it boils down to Barry Allen or Wally West or maybe Jay Garrick. Do you have a favorite? Mm -hmm. Um, I like Wally West probably because I've experienced Wally West more. He seems to be more human. I think that Barry Allen comes from you know the the silver age and is a little bit more super heroic at mm-hmm. all times and and Barry's been given a lot more character development where he's you know fallible and a, a kid a lot of the time and you know just right. acts that way um that said i i hate the speed force i really really hate it as a concept how come because it's a thing that makes more supermans you know it's like at, at any random time, anybody can have the powers of the Flash. The Speed Force just goes, um, yeah. you. Well, you have the power of the Flash. And I guess that's why I like my favorite character in that Flash universe is Max Mercury, because mm-hmm. he's the Zen master of Flash and believes that you can channel the Speed Force through meditation and mm-hmm. uh, deep breathing, and you don't have to, to drink heavy water or be exposed to <clears> it or be struck by chemical lightning or anything like that. Yeah, you know, to me the the speed force would be a lot more interesting if if there was no green lantern ring or you know if all heroes got their power through the something force mm-hmm. or the force if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. Um you know but as as this thing that just makes more flashes it has always annoyed me. Matthew the Speed Force works for me until they start using using it as a metaphor for the Christian afterlife, and then I just kind of go, yeah. Um, for me, it's always Jay Garrick, simply because of every time you read a Jay Garrick story, no matter who writes it, Jay Garrick is just this awesome guy who has powers, but he's just this awesome guy. You know, there are stories where Jay Garrick figures out what no one else can. He spent 65 years thinking at the speed of light. He's figured all these things out, you know, and when they try to saddle him with insecurities or stupidity or, you know, God forbid what they're doing in justice society now, where they're basically shackling him down. Mm -hmm. That's the point where you lose the essence of the original flash. But Jay Garrick to me is the awesomest flash ever simply because he put a hud cap on his head, put on some long johns, went out and started beating people up because they needed beaten up. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, Jake Garrick appeared in January 1940 in Flash Comics number one. Max Mercury appeared as Quicksilver, his guys, in National Comics number five in November of 1940. Mm. So I I yep. have never tracked down any of these... Um, National comics characters or com- books 
to really read about that origin, but he didn't appear a, a, until uh, as Mac. He didn't Max have Mercury an origin until uh, right. Quicksilver didn't have an origin. He didn't have a secret identity. Yeah, Quicksilver didn't have anything. He just showed up whole cloth, had like six adventures, and went away. I actually have those national comics. Oh, I would like to borrow those uh, in I archive. Know they're, yeah. I know they're old, but I would really like to check those out because I I've been kind of thinking about maybe doing a hero history of Max Mercury because you know his run is not very long. He did. His National Comics run, mm-hmm. and then he disappeared until Mark Wade said, hey, here's a character that we can use, can't we? And introduced him into the uh, Flash storyline and then over into Impulse, and then he died. Yeah. Or, or merged with the Speed Force or whatever that you want to want to do. Went to the farm, well, yeah. Yes. Here's something. You may not realize this, but Max Mercury is not a DC character originally. Max Mercury was quality comics flash knockoff. Yeah. Um, the Earth X characters, Uncle Sam and the Freedom Fighters and Plastic Man and all of those. Mm-hmm. Quicksilver started with quality, and he was one of the only quality characters who never came back after DC bought them. And I think DC bought them in like the 50s. And they didn't bring him back. He appeared once in who's who in the eighties. And people were like, we've never seen this guy. He appeared five times in 1941. And then, you know, 50 years later, Mark Wade brought him back and made him awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I like that character. I really liked him a lot. I really like the grandfather grandson, um, relationship that he had with Bart. Uh, but that also <clears throat> he was trying to teach him the, the ways of the speed force to control himself. Um, I just, that entire impulse run was, I thought really good. Uh, I like Jesse quick. I like Johnny quick. Um, but Max Mercury is still my favorite flash character. Uh, Matthew, any thoughts on, on Rodrigo's comments about the speed force? He's right. The speed force is problematic in that the existence of this ocean of speed that can make anybody have powers doesn't take into account the fact that super speedsters are unrealistic. The Flash cannot have the power to run fast. The Flash has to have the power to affect time, space, and dimension on a massive scale because the speeds at which they move are not really, they're not possible under the rules of relativity. Mm -hmm. So the Flash, you know, doesn't just run fast. You know, he's immune to friction he's immune to well to to some degree he's immune to um uh, momentum he's immune to the laws of physics and running that fast would not necessarily i mean there's a point where speed is no longer the issue it's a question of mass and distance and you know all of these particular things so the flash is ridiculously overpowered and having anybody be able to om churikuri om now i am a flash too doesn't just water down the character yeah it adds to the ridiculousness you know the underlying problem the thematic issue of these guys can't do this and the more guys there are doing this and the more they try and give me this you know science explanation the less i buy it and 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 really that's that's probably the reason why the speed force was created to begin with is that oh we have to basically the flash doesn't have one power moving really fast he has 10,000 powers one for every potential law of physics that is acting on him at any given point so you know the writers uh, you know 
presumably to keep the character and not have to explain every little thing, said, um, magic. Yeah. Some Which is what the speed force is. Yeah, yeah. Or some mathematical incantation that you have to uh, right. shout out. Which then acts as magic. You know, sufficiently uh, advanced science is just magic. David Gallagher, the uh, writer of Box 13 that we've reviewed on the mm-hmm. show, he, uh, he asks, Dear Major Spoilers, I'm in love with Firestar, but I'm getting married to another woman in April. <laughs> what should I do? Well, James, the first David. thing you should do... <laughs> Well, Bobby, the Bobby. first thing that you should do, Bobby, the first thing you should do is put is down them for the Well, Janae, <laughs> let me let, let me let me tell you straight up front what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't immediately ask your new bride to wear a yellow leotard and call you Iceman. But this is this is something you know. I used to take a lot of ribbing from Otter Disaster when we lived together. In that, Sundra Peel from the uh, Nexus comic book is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And I love Sundra Peel. And I'm just like, Ooh, Sundra Peel is so beautiful. And one afternoon I was just looking at a particularly lovely piece of Steve rude art. And I was like, man, you could practically lick this. And he looked at me like you look at a dog that messed the carpet and he, it's lines on paper, asshole. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, my love of Sundra Peel as an imaginary character doesn't take away from my love of, of my real life wife of 16 years. You know, it it's just a little something for me. It's a secret. You know, we all contain worlds unplumbed and, and thought process undreamed of. And your love of Firestar can stay there, Danny. And really, it, it can be something that you love. And the missus doesn't need to know about it. Now, if she shows up in a yellow leotard well more power to her i guess or you could just have fun with the whole thing like my total infatuation with charisma carpenter mm-hmm. where it's just become a joke with my wife and yeah. I, to the point where uh when we first got married i was well, like oh, it, it's a joke charisma, for us too it charisma carpenter oh it's just so beautiful da, 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 da. she actually tracked down this limited edition um Cordelia as a cheerleader action figure from the Buffy nice. series and got that for me for my birthday one. Nice. Because it's just so much fun. So I don't think there's any harm in no, I, I thinking don't, about your cartoon characters. I don't think so either, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you you definitely don't want to imprint any Firestar-ness onto your lady. Um Keep you get you got to keep them separated, basically. <laughs> um, enjoy your Spider Man and his amazing friends, and enjoy your time with your wife. But don't like like we've said before, don't try to force a yellow bodysuit on her. And again, I should mention uh, David Gallagher uh, box box thirteen. We've reviewed it in the past on the show. If you have a Comicsology account, I'll give him a free plug. You can uh, download box thirteen for free. There's actually a second volume which I haven't gotten all the way through yet. Uh, that's available for free through Comicsology through the uh, Comicsology.com website, I believe it is. Or if you've got an iPad, you can get it through your Comicsology app. I've got an iPad. And thanks for your. Thanks for your question, Donnie. Major spoilers. What is your favorite animated show ever? Ever. Oof. I don't know if you could say ever because maybe there's a show that has not come up yet mm. that might be my favorite. But, you know, I'm very partial to 
the whole Paul Dini, Bruce Tim universe of right. Batman Animated Series, Justice League, Batman Beyond. You could just sit me down and, and say, these are the only cartoons you can watch for the rest of your life, and mm-hmm. that would probably, I'd be satisfied. Because there'd be maybe 100 hours worth of content right there. Yeah. Do you have a favorite animated? You know, I really don't do favorites, and, and you know, we've we've had this, uh, I've, I've brought this up before, that I usually just go in cycles where things that I like kind of come back to the fore and, and things, and that might be right. my favorite for a while. Um, right now I'm kind of just looking back and saying, wow, you know what I really liked is a lot of this Gendy Tartakovsky stuff. So mm-hmm. Samurai mm-hmm. Jack is really at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, or the, the first Powerpuff Girls is phenomenal. It really is. It's a spectacular show. Um, a, and like a, a good study of superheroes even. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, things like Supreme Power and Astro City and, um, the Brad Pack deconstructing superheroes. The Powerpuff Girls is a deconstruction of that classic superhero storytelling and how ridiculous it can be at times. How like explicit mm-hmm. the the character dialogue is. You know, it's it turns it into a joke with Mojo Jojo explaining everything. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. Evil Monkey Genius Mojo Jojo explaining his plan to you every time you see him. Right. You know that sort of thing. Um, also the. Um, <clears throat> First, and that is Clone the joke Wars. of Mojo Jojo, which is the joke, which is why he is Mojo Jojo. Ha ha ha! ha, ha, ha. Um, ex- the uh, the first Clone Wars that were actually yeah, uh, animated, the 2D. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, have you watched any of the 3D stuff? I've watched some of the 3D stuff, and it looks it looks decent. But it's it's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't want to get into it because it's this really wedged in canon. It makes. Everything that ha- everything else that happened like before and after, like it strains the narrative it, of I think the it draws, actual movie. I think it draws out because it takes place in that time between episode two and that first animated series of Clone Wars. It's it's weird for me to watch, and and you know I've recently gone back and watched the the uh, prequels. Right, we were talking about that last week. Um. And it's weird for me to say, huh, that guy had a uh, Togruta apprentice. I wonder what happened to her. Right. Where is the... Ch- he, well... He killed her. At some point, it's going to be brought up. It's got to be brought up. And Lucas knows it, and everybody else knows it, that that's going to have to be addressed uh, at some point. Uh, uh, okay. It's going to have to. You just can't say... And then she was sent to the other spiral end of the galaxy, and we never heard from her again in the end. I think you might enjoy it. My son really... I mean... Granted, we're talking about a three-year-old here. Right. He really enjoys Star Wars. You said uh, Tartakovsky. Um, have you watched Symbionic Titan yet? It's I, like, I haven't. It's had like a seven chance. or eight episodes. You know, just nowadays, I don't watch TV. Seven or eight episodes. Just watch it. Okay. Watch it online. I'll, or I'll track it down. Matthew, what about you? Animated they, series that you they, are? They turned off his cable. That you have a favorite of? I turned off my cable. I can't afford it. Oh my god! Well, you're that's stuck the with same PBS. For me, and a lot of the things that really formed my worldview came right about the time we met. So for me, if you say, what's your favorite animated series of all time ever, I have to respond Liquid Television. Simply because of all of the things that Liquid Television became. Liquid Television is where, you know, MTV first aired Beavis and Butthead. It's where Eon Eon Flux Flux came from. Mm -hmm. It's, you know... It had tons of stuff. It had that god-awful adaptation of Dog Boy Who Sucked. 
it had, you know, jokes that little bits and pieces of dialogue that stick in my head to this day. There's a, a, gr- a group of superheroes called the Specialists, and their villain is the evil Negator. And for some reason, whenever the uh, narrator says his name, he's like Negator, Negator, Negator. <laughs> and for some reason, to this day, anything that sounds like Negator, Negator, um, Lipitor, the uh, <laughs> My wife was taking Lipitor for her cholesterol, and I could not help but Lipitor, 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 <laughs> and simply because it's too awesome. Um, and I think that you know a lot of my sensibility and my understanding of the world is based on watching those twenty odd episodes of Liquid Television and enjoying various sandwiches. <laughs> you have to go back and listen to another episode to understand that. Hmm. Another question says, "What was your best Christmas well, uh, present ever?" Hmm. I think there was there was definitely a moment in my life when I stopped really playing wanting with, things. Playing with the child, acting as a child, and put away your toys. And... Um, not really. That oh, okay. that actually hasn't stopped. I think really it's the the moment when I started saving my own money and spending it to buy what mm-hmm. I wanted, mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than relying on other people to get right. it to me. So disappointing. Yeah, I I I enjoy it because you know. No, then I mean you don't it's so disappointing get... that you're like, boy, I sure would like to have this viewfinder yeah. for my camera. It's the only thing that I really want, and it's within the price range that I could only take this one present, and that would be great. You know what? And then you get that same amount of money spent on stuff you don't want. I know that times were hard that... for us sometimes, but my parents were always really good about tracking down like the one thing yeah, that yeah, I yeah. really wanted. Yeah. And I had I had Castle Grayskull. Ooh. And, and it was awesome. Not to scale at all, but awesome. <laughs> A little bit of Castle Well, yeah. No, well, no. It was like oh, yeah, yeah. I you could that stick set. your action figures <laughs> in there, but set. Castle Grayskull was two floors. Yeah, yeah. I remember that set. Then again, awesome. if you go back and look at the show, assuming that Castle Grayskull actually is as tall as it appears when it appears behind him. It's not very big. No. It's definitely like an old school European castle, which is like, you know, the size of your house here. Right, right. Maybe a little taller. <laughs> so what was, you have a best one though? Yeah, it's probably that, Castle, castle Grayskull. I mean, just iconically speaking, it's Castle Grayskull. I mean, I've gotten a lot of great Christmas gifts. You know, in, in, in the end, maybe much, much later down in my life, I will say, you know, my mother knits something for me every Christmas, and those mm-hmm. those are the presents that really count. Yeah, yeah. And in a sense, they are, but that's boring. <laughs> um, although I enjoy it. I wear all the stuff that she knits for me, even when it's ridiculous. All right. Can't wait to see what she gets you this year. Oh, it's awesome. I think... <laughs> I was, I was, it's funny because I was really mortified because she knit me a... A suit? Did a, she yes, a, a suit? full yarn suit. Three-piece suit. Three-piece suit. And it's, <laughs> it's baby blue with a pink vest and baby blue pants. Um, and the pants have footies on the end. And the pants, like, there, there is a trim, there is a trim mm-hmm. that is also uh, powder, like baby girl pink but no um <laughs> she knit me this cap and it's it was like purple with lighter purple mm-hmm. and i thought it looked really girly mm-hmm. and when i moved here um i couldn't find anything else i was like all right well my mom knit me this hat i'm gonna wear it to one of our remotes right and people were like oh okay all right i see what you're doing and i'm like what it's like well ku place today wait no not ku k state place today yeah. and i was like what? Yes, that is why I am wearing a manly football stocking cap, my good fellow. So, you know, it worked out. Yeah. 
Matthew, what about you? You ever have a best Christmas present ever? Uh, it's a three-way tie, actually. Okay. When I was... Oh, that's a that's weird thing to win. I know. How do, how do you wrap it? <laughs> you use a double Windsor on that? Uh, Shut that, your hole. That would be an awesome present, uh, though. I hate you all. <laughs> no, it's just a three-way. No, a tie. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> when I was eight or nine, I got the Millennium Falcon oh, man, for it's a Christmas slash birthday. Yeah. I really hate Christmas slash birthday presents because my birthday is a week before Christmas and I will not stand for Christmas slash birthday presents unless they're really mm-hmm. awesome. Um, the year my wife and I got together, I had, and this is a long and involved story that's not really interesting, I'd been looking for a copy of X-Men 161 for about 15 years at that point. Mm-hmm. And the first Christmas we spent together, she gave me X-Men 161 bagged and boarded and it was like oh, and then like that's personal to you that's a great gift yeah that was a wonderful gift and like seven years later she actually topped herself she went to all my friends and said don't buy matthew a present and she took everybody's everybody's money together you remember mm-hmm. my white chrysler yes i had that thing for nine years and that summer it had died and i was driving a ford escort Mm-hmm. That cost me one hundred dollars. It was a manual Ford Escort with a bad starter, and my wife had everybody kick in their budget, and she bought me an Oldsmobile '98 for Christmas slash birthday. I think that was two thousand four or five, and it was like the coolest thing ever. She went and she bought me a car. And then when I got to the Christmas party, I had no presents. She sent me on a scavenger hunt throughout the the whole family Christmas. And finally, I ended up with a car key. And then she, you know, gave me my car, which was pretty awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And you said there was a third one? That was the third one. Oh, okay. What was the second one? 161? What was the first one? Math is hard. Okay. My Millennium Falcon. Oh, that's right. Okay. Sorry. Mm Mm-hmm. You guys had great toys. I didn't get. I mean, <laughs> math is hard. Let's go shopping. If uh, for me, I, I would just say it was the year that my parents finally broke down and bought some Lego for my for uh, Christmas. That was pretty cool because even today I still play Lego and I get my son into Lego. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll buy Lego now in anticipation that when he gets older, he'll still want to play with them. As you know, the older sets. Uh, he's into trains now, so we got him a little Duplo train set. But he's really disappointed because he doesn't have enough track. Uh-huh. So this year for Christmas, I have bought him probably, I don't know how much it's going to uh, stretch out to be, but it's got to be about 500 feet of track. <laughs> I'm, he's going to wake up Christmas morning, and he's going to see the train track in his bedroom with the train on the end. And I'm going to have him turn it on and follow the train throughout the house. And in every room, if I can make it long enough, I'm going to have one of his gifts in, in the room Aww. and just have him follow that all the way Aww. around and see how it goes. I bought like, I don't know, like a hundred pieces of straight track and a hundred pieces of curved track and a bunch of switchbacks and all these things. I hope he enjoys it. Yeah. Better not. But Lego is really cool. Uh, and that's Christmas for me. I mean, that was one of the things. I'd always get one Lego set for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Birthday-wise, if you wanted to talk birthday, it'd have to be the year my wife bought the Batman statue. Yeah. Out of nowhere. It's just like, 
there's kind of a good story, bad story, because this is something that you had to, at the time, import from Europe. And the ones that you see on eBay now are not the one that mm-hmm. I have. But I'm working in the backyard, and the UPS man comes up, and it's just like, kakunk, kakunk. He's like rolling the boxes uh. over and over. And I'm like, okay. I didn't know what it was. Oh. I signed for it. And he left, and the outside of the box looked fine. And I see that it had the Batman symbol on there. I'm like, well, my wife is always, you know, she must have got it for me for my birthday. It's next week. It's not going to be that big of a deal if I take it out now. And um, just get rid of the boxes because she doesn't like having boxes laying around. She was always like, tear them up, get rid of them. So I took them out. They were all bubble wrapped and took them downstairs. And I was like, let me tear these boxes apart. Tore the boxes completely apart. Only then does she come home and we start taking off the bubble wrap and the statue is totally destroyed. Yeah. Chipped, broken because of the stupid UPS. And for years, UPS here mm-hmm. are just idiots when it comes to delivering packages. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get packages that are dented, completely dented in in a corner and they set it up against the house so that that dented corner is in the corner of the house so you don't see it. Wow. These, that's how bad these guys are. I think your root might be bad. My root, maybe. But this was at both houses. So oh, I, nice. I don't know if yeah. that's the deal. But then we contact the guy, and he's like, yeah, just put them back in the box and ship it back to me, and I will ship you a new one. And if it's broken, I'll ship you another one until you get one that's completely un- unbroken and marred. Of course, I'd already torn up the box and yeah. thrown it away. So we had to go out and buy special a boxes. Big ass box. Yeah, three big-ass boxes, because it came in like four or five pieces. Mm-hmm. Rebox them all back up and ship them off, and then the next Actually, one came. Actually, it came like, in about four or five thousand pieces. <laughs> yeah, this one did. And... Uh, now it sits proudly in the nerd room of doom. So that was a cool pres- uh, uh, birthday present. Christmas, though, it always has to be Lego. So there you go. Um, I I don't understand this question. Maybe this is a Matthew story. Did we ever get to hear the Bullywog TPK story mentioned in the critical hit back near the start? What is uh, that? I don't. I, un- well, Bullywogs are these frog people, and right. I think we talked about how we got our asses handed to us by some bullywogs and and it almost they almost took out the whole party of us no 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 uh just playing oh, okay. uh fourth edition with uh, basically rob and brian and a couple other people um but i think there's not much else to the story unless i don't know maybe we should ask rob and brian but i don't think there's not anything much i wasn't running that game i don't think there's not much more to the story other than some bullywogs almost kicked our asses Oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, hopefully that's that's that question. Rodrigo, pick a topic. Um, here's one that I disagree with, but apparently I'm not allowed to. Uh, <laughs> f- this comes from Mela, a good friend of the of the podcast. Yeah, superhero pets equal awesome. Oh, yeah, you can't yeah. argue this with me. What hero needs a pet, and what should it be? And I jokingly responded, "Turtle for Bear for uh, Wally West." Mm-hmm. I think there should be a um, Hulk pig. Hulk pig. <laughs> like, Bruce Banner has this, like, uh, this little, like, babe piglet. Vietnamese mm-hmm. pot-bellied pig. Yeah, something like that. A cute like little that. Vietnamese pot-bellied pig who, when it gets angry, no, when it gets hungry, yeah. hulks out into this enormous, giant sow. <laughs> with, like, big tusks. <laughs> and then, of course... It it when it grows, it knocks over what Banner is working on, which makes him angry. <laughs> so then it's all like you uh, have just a self-contained, self-repeating Hulk sh- like yeah yeah issue there where Hulk Pig gets hungry, 
turns into a Hulk pig. Hulk gets mad. <laughs> they fight, and until eventually, you know, one of them wins, and either Hulk pig eats the Hulk, and then he has to fight his way out of his colon, or the Hulk actually just does something ridiculous, like go into a cake factory and feed it to the pig. I think that would be awesome. Matthew, what superhero needs a pet, and what would it be? Wolverine needs a pet. And people will say to me, you know what he should totally have? And I'm like, you think he should have a Wolverine? They'll be like, how'd you know? And I'm like, well, uh, you're an idiot. But no, Wolverine needs a pet. Ask me what pet Wolverine needs. What pet does Wolverine need? He needs a rabid French poodle named Le Fluffy. Hmm. And I think that would really improve the Wolverine experience for me. because And he has to be pink. He has to be pink with that lion, you know, the big boopily haircut that they get. Right. And the best there is <laughs> in what I do. And what I do ain't pretty. But my puffy pal is. His name is Le Fluffy and he just ate your face. I, would, I think it would rock. I think if I was going to give Wolverine a, a superhero pet, I would give him a macaw that always questioned him, that possibly only he could hear, <laughs> possibly only he could see, um, <laughs> where he'd be like... Are you the best yeah, you are? What you do? Exactly. It would be like, I'm the best there is at what I do. Are you? Shut up. And then everyone's looking around like, who's he talking to? <laughs> Especially because the macaw would insist to be called by a really ridiculous name, like... General tub thumping. <laughs> tub, tub what? General tub thumping. <laughs> Shut up, General tub thumping. Yeah. Who's he talking to? It's the bird. <laughs> silly birds don't talk. Yeah. That would be pretty silly. He's a talking macaw. No, it's actually parrots that talk. Shut up. <laughs> snake, snake, shut snake, up. Snake, snake. <laughs> snake, bub, snake. And then, and then, and then Dokken could also have his own evil macaw except <laughs> it's got except, a missing yeah, eye except and, its and beak one. comes out of its wings <laughs> see when you say Dokken I think of the 80's metal band so from uh, uh, Brown Street 4 I'm like Dokken rules I pronounce oh. it Dokken as I, I don't know the how boyfriend it's of the Barbie <laughs> see and I always like that I think it's partially because I'm not American so a lot of the time when I encounter a brand new word it's not necessarily that's okay I am an American and every time I encounter most words I'm like what what yeah, is yeah but this those again? are actual words Stephen <laughs> <laughs> you know I was reading this is this is how bad. many T's are in Scarlet I was Steve? I was Scragalopolis uh, I was Stephen that says Indianapolis <laughs> <laughs> I was reading um Oh, what's that? Diego. I was reading a Diego story. Go, Diego, go. It was one of those stories to my son. Go, Diego, go. And, of course, they mix in Spanish with English. Mm -hmm. And so he's, they write in M-A-M-I. Mommy, Mm -hmm. right? But then it's like, Mommy, uh, Diego said to his Mommy. Uh And then it just kept playing back and forth like that throughout the whole story. And it's like, wow, I mean... It's difficult. The kid can't read, but the pronunciation is nearly identical. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, 
there are there are sounds in English that just don't straight up don't exist in Spanish, and one right. of them is except for like very weird situations that j sound, mm-hmm. which is why you know you hear people say, "Oh, I have to go to my job," you right, know that kind right, of thing. Right, right. Well, um, but then that's what made my my wife angry because I kept going back and forth with the mommy, mommy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But then I get to Diego's little baby jaguar, mm-hmm. and I kept going. Baby Hagawar. And my well, wife I mean, is like, that's not how you say it. Well, it's it, like, Silent J, Jalapeno. Well, no, I, I mean, it is, it is how you say it. Jaguar. That's, that, that is how you say Jaguar. <laughs> but, but for me, the, like, it was always very difficult to pronounce the J. Mm-hmm. So I actually had, I actually started saying giant yellow juggernaut a lot. <laughs> Because I either wanted to say giant yellow juggernaut <laughs> or giant yellow juggernaut, yeah, yeah. but all of which are hilarious. But you know, that that was one way of training myself. And it, still to this day, if I have to switch between a Y sound and a J sound, mm-hmm. I might just say all of them in the same way. Very good, very good. Dang you, Diego! You better run. There's a there was a Facebook group called No Diego No. <laughs> Leave that baby animal alone. <laughs> Oh yeah, Diego was trying to teach this otter how to swim, and the uh, little um, uh, what are the crocodiles' names? Patitita. Um, uh, is it is it Che and Fidel? No, is I that agree. the name? No, it's the actual type of. Is it, is it oh. tooth grinder and face chomp? No, no, no. It's the it's the actual kind. Gariel? of... No, no, no. It's the uh, crocodile. Cayman. Cayman. Yeah, and then the little caimans came, and he kept shoving the baby otter down under the water so the caimans wouldn't get him. I was like, "You're trying to teach the otter how to swim. <laughs> Don't shove him down into the water." <laughs> Children's books are awful. Um, question for you, Matthew: Is Blackest Night a good jumping yeah. on point for Green Lantern books? I loved it ten years ago. I oh think God, no! Green Lantern ten years ago. When's like what's a good jumping? Blackest on point Night for is not a good wanna... jumping on point for anything. No, it's not really. It, you know what? It's it, I not. Bet it, it, it is continuity porn. What is a good? Uh, what's a good jumping on point for Green Lantern books? If he loved it ten years ago. I would say um, the Green Lantern trade paperback of the latest volume, which I think is volume five of Green Lantern. Is that where they, Jeff Jones Where Hal comes back the from the dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, also, you might try Green Lantern Rebirth that actually brings Hal back from the dead and yeah. then read chronologically from there. But no, Blackest Night is continuity porn of the worst kind because – there's references to things in there that even I don't remember that I had to go and wiki. So unless you're a big fan of thousands of characters maneuvering around and going, Hey, it's that guy. It's, it's not a, it's not a good jumping on point, but it's, it's probably a good who's who. If you want to be like, who's that guy? Oh yeah. Yay, the wiki. Who's that guy? Yay. The wiki. I was going to say, um, if you're familiar with green lantern and a lot of the characters, you might try Sinestro Core War. I really got Definitely. back into Green if you, Lantern. If you yeah. want to jump into the Green Lantern Wars, then at least you want to start... Because Sinestro War leads into Blackest Night. Mm-hmm. You don't agree, Matthew? Yeah, but you want to start before that. 
Yeah, oh, okay. you want to start before that because Sinestro Core War has a pretty massive cast with, you know, I think Salak is in that and Hal and Guy and Barry and Steve and Dave and, you know, the Green Lantern of Omicron 12, who I think is an exploding squirrel. There's a lot going on there. If you can get in, if you, I think Rebirth is probably good because it introduces. Earth's four Green Lanterns, it gives you Kilowog, it gives you the Guardians, it rebuilds Oa and says, here's where Oa is and how Oa works, and mm-hmm. then at that point you can make your way forward, and I think it's all available in trade right now. Yeah, a couple of uh, news stories from this past week. First of all, uh, what are your reactions to Emma Stone showing up with blonde hair? She's going to be playing Gwen Stacy in the upcoming Spider-Man movie reboot. I think it looks good. I think she looks good with blonde hair, but I think it's a little ribonculas that people are like oh, she has blonde hair now this is happening you guys oh mean about getting excited for the movie yeah oh okay and I, I missed the point at which they said that this wasn't going to be all CG oh, I don't think it's going to be all CG they said that the next Spider-Man movie was going to be all CG oh I don't think so why would she change her hair blonde if it's going to be all CG exactly there was a point when they said that the next Spider-Man movie was going to be CG. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I saw it on the I site. That memo. So you did. Yeah, I remember it. I missed that. I, I saw it on the site, site yeah. that I go to called Majorspoilers.com. I, I must have missed that. Maybe uh, Jack or Rob or somebody wrote that story. Mm. I think she looks a lot like Gwen Stacy in that. It may have been the Robot Overlord. Nah. Uh, Matthew, what about you? Blonde Emma Stone picks? Emma Stone is a beautiful young lady, and, you know, I, I would probably walk about half a mile to drink her bathwater, but the fact that we're quetching, we're quelling, rather, over a woman dyeing her hair is, is a little bit unthinkable to me. I mean, women change their hair all the time, and if she's going to play a character who's known to be blonde... You know, she's probably going to go blonde or blonde-ish. She's actually more of a strawberry blonde in these pictures. But I don't see why her being blonde is, is you know, the, the oh, you know, Nick Fury is being played by Samuel L. Jackson. They didn't ask him to go blonde. But mm. I, I don't know. I think that she's beautiful. I love looking at her. You know, I, I think she's a wonderful, wonderful, a really nuanced actress, even in films like uh, McLovin. What was that movie? Super bad. Super bad. She actually. Yeah, she could actually act. So I like her. And I also like the fact that she's not some super skinny little, you know, naturally blonde bimbo who runs around and goes, hee look at me. You know, she was good in SNL. And that's important. You know, um Yes. I, I was not impressed by Blake Lively on SNL, mm-hmm. um, who is now uh, Carol Ferris. I don't know who any of these people are that you're talking about. Yeah. The last SNL I watched. Taylor Swift Murphy. was not yeah, good it was on like, SNL. It, and Billy it was like Crystal. The last, the, last ske- the last sketch from SNL you remember involved Gumby. <laughs> I'm Gumby, damn it. Or hey, there's a new Hurricane Ditka. There's a new... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't oh, know that Gilbert Gottfried got fired. Heart attack! Heart attack! <laughs> There's a new Tomb Raider uh, video game coming out with a new Laura Croft adventure that is going to essentially reboot the Laura Croft universe and her origin. And they've got a new There's a Laura universe? Croft. Mm-hmm. There's and an origin? Croft, there's people that wouldn't believe that this picture that we have up on the site, that's all CG. Mm-hmm. Oh, that can't be all CG. Oh, yeah. That's a clearly people, CG. People said that about... Final Fantasy, The yeah, Spirits Within. With Aki, Aki Ross or whatever her name yep. was, yeah. 
Uh, clearly CG. In fact, the nose, mm-hmm. that's the giveaway right there on this picture. Oh, yeah. Is that nose is Aki Ross's nose from Final Fantasy. Nice. Almost down to the texture map. Um, but yeah, um, some people totally hate this look for Laura Croft. Well, I think it's, I, I find it very interesting because the, the thing implies that they're going to go to a younger Laura Croft. Yeah, she's going to be 21 years old. Oh, she's going to be 21. That's, oh, what, we found out. That's okay. what we found out today. 21 years I old. See. She's not going to be 15. Because I, I thought, yeah, I thought she was going to be like a lanky little teenager. Well, we've seen her do that in one of the games. I could have swore where they had a intro sequence or something where she's 15. Right. But, but you don't one, play her as right. a 15-year-old girl. Right, right, I mean, right, you right. still, people sign up for Tomb Raider games so that they can see boobies. A, well, a butt, really, because you usually yeah, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. her from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so am I excited about this? No, I've never been into Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider came out at a point where I was pretty, I had an exclusive contract with Nintendo at the time, (laughs) so I wasn't playing any other games. Uh That is to say, you know, I got my choice of one console per generation, so I wasn't going to stray away from the sure thing that was Nintendo. Yeah. Eventually my brother got a PlayStation and he had... (laughs) Uh, among the stuff that he had, had a Tomb Raider demo, and even playing it, I wasn't really into it. I played that played it on the PC. It was very at, there. Were, sometimes it was challenging to get through some of the puzzles because you just didn't know what they were wanting. But eh, I don't mind the look. There have been how many actresses who have played or models who have played Laura Croft? Oh, in models! Life? There's been tons. Um, but you know, I think some people are just upset because maybe now they 57. can't play Laura Croft, or maybe there's there's this idea that you're not going to be able to go to a convention. I think that is what upset somebody. Brian. Is that now he can't be Laura Croft? <laughs> no, I think that there's people that'll say, "Well, I can't go to a convention and see the model who is the current Laura Croft." Well, but because uh, that's you what would happen. You is, couldn't before. What? Yeah, you could because they actually would hire these actresses and send them around and do all the all the little uh, yeah, but, and all that stuff. But did they have any of them genetically modified so that every three inches of skin was a polygon <laughs> when the first Tomb Raider came out? Yeah. And she was actually just made of a bunch of, like, milk cans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know. I like the look. I like that girl's look. Uh, milk I like cans it. is I... probably an inappropriate choice of phrase there. Uh... Uh, or an extremely appropriate yeah. one. <laughs> Socially inappropriate, but very, but descriptively Indeed. appropriate, I would say. One final story here. Um, and I forget. It's scattered all over the net. We don't have it. On our <laughs> one side. final story, and I've forgotten it. Good night. No, no, no. <laughs> So apparently George Lucas... I didn't get to talk about the naked Tomb Raider lady! Oh, okay. Well, she's not really naked on the site, but go ahead, Matthew. Talk about the naked uh, Tomb Raider lady. How do you know she's not naked? She's from the neck up. Because I've seen a bigger picture. This is my thing about Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is... she's, She's a cartoon girl. She's an imaginary cartoon girl. And recasting Tomb Raider, to me, sounds an awful lot like, you know, aren't we just redrawing her? Now, if it was Tommy Versetti, I'd totally be on board. But looking at the picture on the site, at the very least, you imagine this is going to be some pretty in- interesting imagery. So I'd be interested probably as a rental. I don't know that I'm necessarily going to buy the book or the game or the game All book. Right. One last story, and Stephen has forgotten it. No, I didn't forget it. Uh, George Lucas apparently is buying up old, old films. Charlie Chaplin, um, uh, you know. You name, you name it, these old actors and actresses who have died buying up their films, uh-huh. Marilyn Monroe, so that he has the rights to their likenesses because he's going to incorporate them, bring them back to life in an upcoming movie. 
evil. And have, say, you know... He's going Jimmy to Cagney. go in and he's going to edit out all the guns and turn them into walkie-talkies. Walkie-talkies, yeah. And no, instead of hanging off the front of like, uh, the uh, clock, Harold Boyd is actually going to be and, hanging off our Marilyn Monroe in a scene together. That, it, it really seems like that could be totally awesome, but is also evil. Why? Why is it? Why is it awesome, and why is it evil? It's yeah. awesome because it would be awesome to see all those people together in one movie. You know, definitely the uh, say something like the Lovecraftian uh, historical fiction that is so popular, right? You know, seeing a story where Charlie Chaplin and Humphrey Bogart and um, I don't know Danger Mouse <laughs> team up <laughs> and fight uh, Hastur. Would would be interesting, but I mean, it's the to, you know, in in another in another sense, all these people are dead, mm-hmm. you know, and especially going out buying the rights so that he doesn't have to ask their descendants yeah, the, whether the it's okay. I'm sure you still have to, to cast them okay. in a movie. Just seems evil. It seems like you know, it it's. My my uh, science uh, teacher from middle school used to tell us science doesn't tell like science is great you can learn a lot of things through science but you have to understand that it doesn't tell you right and wrong it only tells you what you can and can't do and I think that somebody needs to tell George Lucas what is right and wrong mm-hmm. because he knows what he can do he has the technology to have a reptilian minstrel hang out with Charlie Chaplin right but. Well, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that he should do it. But, you know, look what they've done with the, the upcoming Tron movie where they've de-aged Jeff Bridges. Right. To make him look But Jeff Bridges agreed to that. Who is alive yeah, and getting paid yeah. to be in the movie. Yes, yes, yes. But, I mean, that technology is there. Wouldn't it be cool to see? I guess the only thing well, I, I think no. of, the minute the minute I heard that story, mm-hmm. the first thing that I thought about was Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Steve Martin did a movie that I still find very humorous called Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Dead Mm. Men Don't Wear Plaid. In it, it is a detective noir story comedy, but intercut throughout the film are these little snippets of old classic films. So at one point, Steve Martin picks up the phone and he's calling somebody and it's Humphrey Bogart on the other end and they're Mm. having a conversation and they're cutting the old lines to make it work into a comedy routine. Right. And it worked wonderfully. I didn't yeah. see people getting all up in arms over that. But but see, that's the thing is, that is clever. Mm-hmm. And we get into my thing, which is kind of George Lucas is the, the epitome of my, my thesis here, in that <laughs> when there is conflict, when there are issues, when it requires you to work around problems, yeah. things turn out better. George Lucas has so much money and so much so many investors even if he doesn't want to use his own money, mm-hmm. that he can do whatever he wants. And it's going to, and I think it's not yeah. going to turn out that well because he can just pay the leading, I don't know, Swedish animators to just sit there for the next year, every day for 24 hours, animating every potential phase that Marilyn Monroe could make mm-hmm. so that he can have mm-hmm. his own digital Monroe bot for his upcoming film, yeah. Marilyn Monroe and Danger Mouse versus, it's actually a Futurama reference, um, Marilyn know. Monroe versus Danger Mouse versus 
uh, the thinny. <laughs> Matthew? But there's another question that has to be asked, and to me, the difference between this is Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid was a collage of things that, you know, the characters were Humphrey Bogart and Jimmy Cagney and Joan Crawford and all of the women and men who appeared in that aid to be in a movie that they decided they wanted to be in. You know, Kirk Douglas is in that film as part of another film that he chose to be in. Mm -hmm. So let's take a moment. My mother has been dead for several years. Mm -hmm. Let's presume for a second that my mother has been purchased by George Lucas and that my mother is going to be in this film that George Lucas is going to make with no understanding of whether or not my mother wants to be in his film. But legally, he owns the rights to her likeness. I'd be highly pissed simply because you, uh, the people you yourself, who are being Matthew you, would be pissed. Oh, yeah, because okay. it's. It's not the same to own someone's image as it is to actually physically model them and put them in a situation. It's I, I, it's a fine line because the characters being played by Humphrey Bogart and James Cagney and Fred McMurray were put in the movie with Steve Martin. But mm-hmm. this is not the characters played by Humphrey Bogart. This is I have bought the likeness of the face of Humphrey Bogart or, you know, the story with Humphrey Bogart in it. Whether or not Humphrey Bogart wants to be in this movie or not, it's the same thing. I think they had, uh, was it James Cagney in a Pepsi commercial a few years ago? No, well, or there's Fred several. Astaire I, the or one somebody. that I was, the one that I was going to mention was the first one that really made a big stink was Fred Astaire selling vacuum cleaners. I believe it was a Super Bowl ad for mm-hmm. uh, Dirt Devil or something, where the vacuum co- yep. cleaner company went to the estate of the family and said, "Hey, we want to do this," and the family said, "Okay." Well, how do you know that Fred Astaire wants mm-hmm. to do that? Or using Steve McQueen to sell a new um, uh, Mustang or whatever, a Cobra, whatever it was, car a few years ago. Or to, you know, mm-hmm. to, 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 let's cut these old things. Steve McQueen one is the most recent that probably works a lot better in kind of along the lines of what we're talking about. But again, the, the Tron movie, the upcoming Tron movie, kind of is the same thing of what we could expect. Well, Sky Captain had, um, what's that guy's name? The guy who ends up playing the actual villain who was actually dead. Oh, um, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and yeah. it's just blanked out. But, you know, Superman Returns of Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando, they did the same thing. Yep. Now, but that's the thing. Just because there's pre- precedent doesn't mean that's right. The other, But, you know, I think Matthew made a very valid point, which is those people agreed to be in those movies. Mm-hmm. All the footage of Fred Astaire that they got was from him. In a movie, right. or in, or you know, right. being something that he was aware that he would be in. Right. These guys could make this these people that they're digitizing do anything, and that's kind of dirty. Well, I mean, with they great can power comes yeah. great responsibility. Well, exactly, and that's the thing, and that is exactly the thing. And I don't are you going to trust George Lucas to be the one I don't to trust describe George what Lucas. great responsibility is? I mean, come on. There are characters that he loves that he shoved in a refrigerator and put in a nuclear explosion. <laughs> yes. So, you know, who are the, who are these people to Hey, have? it's a lead-lined refrigerator. It'll be fine. Right. <laughs> Thanks, cartoon prairie dog. <laughs> that was the worst part. Yep. <laughs> Not the fact that he was blasted away. Just the knowledge of the fact that Indy should have been sled. rendered into a fine red mist. But and... that there was a crappy-ass animated gopher that pops his head up. 
Actually, look around and go. When you think about it, Indiana Jones died in that crash, and everything that comes after is a horrible hallucination, including Shia LaBeouf. Now, doesn't well, that, that movie make you feel lot. better? That would explain a his, you lot. Know, his last seconds, he hallucinated this silly plot about aliens and Shia LaBeouf and, and Marion, the one that got away, and now he's dead, and somebody opens that refrigerator, and Indy's going to pour out onto their feet. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for joining us this week on the show. Oftentimes we will pull questions that listeners send to us or comments because we know that some of you enjoy this kind of rambling, multi-faceted topic conversation that we have. If you want to comment on any of these, a couple of ways you can do it. Go over to the Majorspoilers.com website. Scroll down to the uh, episode, look under the podcast category, you'll find it. Scroll down there, uh, make a comment there. You can go over to the Major Spoilers forums. You can call our hotline. I really like the hotline when people call in and leave messages saying, hey, what about this? And throw out some thought or idea. That's always welcome. 785-727-1939, the Major Spoilers hotline. That's my line. We are going to be back again really soon. But until then, here's hoping that all of your... No, wait, that's not right. (laughs) We're going to be back really soon because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we'll talk with you soon. Brat, your claws don't actually fit in your arm. Shut up, Mr. Tubblefluff. (laughs) Schnick, schnick. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa. What a major spoiler Major Spoilers Podcast Copyright 2010